things people say. When debating abortion, sometimes people say, if you oppose abortion, then don't have one. If you oppose abortion, just don't have one. Well, what this means is, you know, it's pretty obvious, but to state it clearly, it's saying that you're free to oppose it, but that should apply just to you. Your opposition should only have an effect on you, on your decisions. You're free to oppose it. You are not free to disallow it for anyone else. The fuller statement would be something like, if you oppose abortion, you can choose never to have one, but you cannot interfere with anyone else's choice about whether to have one. On the surface, it might make sense to each his own, right? And it's obviously a pro-choice statement. I didn't call it a pro-choice argument because really there's no argument explicitly there. But it is a sort of clever way to, I would say, imply a kind of argument. It implies something important. And in fact, it sort of uh, assumes a crucially important thing, I would say. And what is assumed is really the moral nature of the question, like the kind of question it is. The moral status of the question is assumed. Namely, it is assumed that abortion is a matter of personal preference. It's, it's one of those things that's merely a personal preference. And the reason I said it's a crucially important issue is because really this is the very thing being assumed. This very thing that is being assumed, well, it just is the heart of the debate. It's the crux of the debate itself. It's the thing that really, if you're going to make the case, you're supposed to argue for it, not start with it. When you assume the thing that is at the heart of a debate, why, it's sort of like cheating. You commit a fallacy called begging the question. So you see, the very battle line of abortion, the moral disagreement about it, it runs right through the thing being assumed here. The pro-life argument is that abortion does something that is objectively wrong. Not that it's just, you know, not my choice. Or it's not like saying, I can't believe you like that burger over this burger, or you think that the sequel was better than the original. What a moron, how can you think that? Hey, if you think so, then you think so. That's a different kind of question. But this assumes something that that you have to prove, because the pro-lifer is over there going, hey, wait a minute, I don't see it that way. I think this is... My problem with this is that I think it's doing something that is objectively wrong, because specifically I think it's taking the life of a distinct human being without the right moral justification. If there is any justification to take human life, this generally doesn't have that justification, at least in most cases. And so, abortion, while it does involve all kinds of concerns, and we can admit that, it involves a lot of different concerns like bodily autonomy and financial you know, matters and family planning stuff, career uh, implications, health concerns, various kinds of life conveniences and inconveniences, certain complications that could arise, all that. But you see, on the moral scale of importance, on the moral ladder or the hierarchy, uh, it's reasonable that some will rise to the top over others. And of course, the question of life and death, I can't think of one that trumps life and death. So consider the difference between these two moral questions, okay? These two moral questions. One, the moral question that we ask, am I infringing upon somebody's range of choices for a medical procedure? 
Okay, am I infringing upon somebody's range of choices on their options for a medical procedure? I wouldn't want to do that if I could help it, but that's the moral question I'd have to ask. Am I doing that? And now consider the difference between that kind of a moral question and this one, number two. Am I wrongfully killing a human being? Now, surely you can see that the second of those questions ranks quite a bit higher on the moral ladder of importance than the first question. And pro-life advocates are not interested so much in all of the other questions. What they would say is the, are the lesser questions, the moral questions that are not as high on the ladder. They don't really, they're not trying to deal with all those other concerns. It's that one concern at the top that really is the issue. It is that top question. It's the life and death one. It takes total precedence. I mean, you'll notice, of course, that uh, women make a lot of other healthcare decisions of all sorts all the time, and none of those really provokes uh, very much moral controversy at all. Nothing like abortion. And why not? The reason is because none of those have to do with the question of a life and death issue about another human being. Otherwise, if any of them did, they would, they would be just as controversial. So this means that, really, the status of the unborn ends up being the hinge on which this whole thing turns. Think of it like this. In the statement, okay, the statement, quote, I destroyed and discarded X. Okay, X standing for whatever it might be, whatever the direct object of that sentence might be. I destroyed and discarded X in that sentence. It makes a world of difference what X is, doesn't it? It makes a big, big difference. For example, whether or not X is an old newspaper or my neighbor Jimmy. When I say I destroyed and discarded X, it is X that makes all the difference. And in the abortion question, X is what is in the womb, and it makes all the difference. So, in that way, abortion is either Morally speaking, it is either highly controversial or it is hardly controversial. Okay? It is it is it is either of no moral importance, really, depending on what X is, or it is of ultimate moral importance. If what is dismembered and tossed out in the procedure is just like an unwanted organ that you didn't need, or some kind of a tumor, then there's really no controversy to that, very little at all. A woman would need almost no justification to do that. And you'd have no, nobody would really have any issue with it at all. And she, she wouldn't need to feel any grief about it or guilt about it afterward. You wouldn't even call it a very deep, important, personal question. However, however, if X is not like the old newspaper, okay, if instead the thing that is being basically carved up and committed to a dumpster in this procedure, if it is a human being, why, you see the difference there. That seems like that might require a pretty high level of justification. So let's return to the statement. If you oppose abortion, then don't have one. In light of everything we've said here, see, so that, that statement assumes that the decision to abort a pregnancy is on the level of you know, the decision to get a tattoo of your college mascot on your bicep. And, you know, if you don't like the idea of doing that, well, you're free not to get a tattoo of your college mascot on your bicep. 
But a pro-life view, as explained in what I was just saying, sees this not on the level of getting the tattoo, like just mere personal preference, good for you if you want to do it, whatever. But it's more on the level of taking the life of a human being in utero. This is literally what it's what the what we're talking about here. And so then it's more ethically serious than just getting a tattoo or not. And that's what makes this such a major issue. All the big moral questions have to do with life and death. Capital punishment, war questions and you know stuff, euthanasia, mercy killings and all that. So now, uh, to use a couple of extreme examples that I think will make this point even better. Imagine if a slave owner told an abolitionist, hey look, if you oppose slavery, brother, then uh, don't own any. Or if some dude told some other guy something like, hey man, if you don't approve of using date rape drugs with the ladies, then you're free not to use them. Now, these examples, you know, probably drive home the point to an absurd degree. We recognize in those that we're talking about objective wrongs that can't be characterized like their innocent personal preferences where, hey man, you do you, right? You do your thing, I'll do mine. Nobody would say something like, I oppose date rape, but I'll defend your right if you choose it. Nobody would say something like, I personally would not engage in human trafficking myself, but who am I to make that choice for someone else? And the reason why these sound like really dark absurdities is that those decisions involve clear and obvious harms to other human beings. And that is the whole point. Other people are affected, and affected pretty negatively by those decisions in those examples. And that, you see, is exactly the moral concern we're talking about when it comes to the abortion issue. Is the decision to abort a pregnancy a decision to, in a similar way, bring harm, in this case, you know, violent death, to another human being? In this case, even if though it's a human being still in the womb. Right? That is, at the very least, something that should, you know, give you some pause to think about. The mere possibility of that should be enough for us to comprehend why we can't just brush off the decision as something like a minor cosmetic procedure.